to free beers and a movie. Nice. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of Free Beers and a Movie. I am Richard Laird and I'm with... Colin McGann. And where are we, Colin? We're in the, a very packed and noisy evening. It is a festive season. Uh, uh, it feels... It feels Jolly, though, doesn't it? It does feel jolly. It doesn't really happy. It doesn't feel menacing. No, no, no. It's not a typical Glasgow bar. It seems a different Glasgow bar. It's definitely, yeah, it's that season. Everyone's out for drinks and work do's out. It feels like Friday, but it's not Friday. It does, doesn't it? Yeah. It's good, though. I'm I'm digging the buzz. Yeah. We do need to talk louder, which I hate doing so, yeah. But normally, when here, it's quite, not dead, but it's it's more quiet. Quieter, yeah. And we're in a bit later as well. Yeah, we are. It's a movie, so we can. Yeah, first movie we've seen in how long? I was trying to think the last film we saw together and I can't even remember what it was to be honest. It, was, it wasn't even Avengers, we didn't see Avengers together. No, no. ages ago. We were both seeing the film yeah. together. So this is the first time in ages we've been out to play together as well. So it was good. Yeah. Um, what are you drinking tonight? Oh, I'm drinking Corona from Mexico. There is a purpose to why you're drinking Corona? There is a purpose, because I've told you before, um, anyone that cares to fucking listen, how I always get headaches when I drink beer. I think it's called a, ha- a hangover. It's not a hangover. You don't get a hangover with one beer. I'm not, true, I'm yeah, not right, that you know, I know I'm small <laughs> and dinky, but I am not fucking that. So I, I get really bad headaches even after a beer the next day. So what I'm going to do is try and eliminate, like, to see if it's, it's maybe something in a beer. Right. So I'm going to try drinking gluten free beer. See if that helps. I mean, wheat free beer. I'm not going to be like. Is there a reason why gluten or wheat might be the reason? I don't know. But not be a well, no, I'm just thinking, you know what, process elimination. Right, sure. um, but luckily for me, Corona is, is a part of <laughs> Yeah. So I'm drinking my usual Free Corona. of gluten, free of taste. <laughs> um, no. Yes. What are you drinking, Tom? I am on Blue Moon. Blue Moon. Yeah, you can't nothing Cannot go wrong with Blue Moon. With a slice of orange on it as well. Of orange, you have your blind, so we do. We basically have cocktails. We're tropical tonight. Yeah, yeah, tropical Should tonight. you put the orange in the glass or you can get drinks like that? You may not go that. You might run it round the glass. Ah, right, so you may rim it. Uh-huh, yeah, rim it. You may rim it a little bit. I'm making a sound that way. Yeah, yeah, maybe that. Um, <laughs> no, you don't drop it in the beer, I don't have enough of it. No, I don't think so, no. Because then you're just kind of flavouring. Yeah, maybe you might call that a flavour. I think it's more of a garnish than anything else. Yeah, I don't think that's the, the, the flavour, I think it's actually what it serves. Do you do it up in your home, one time Jill's mum brought me from Christmas dinner and she simply went and got an orange so right. I could have it properly. Cool. Um, but all in that, no, I'm very, really big to at home. Yeah. Now you can get it out and about. Price as well. Yeah. It's, it's not as you drink them. No, it's not. It's not like Corona, which is it's like piss water. But Corona, this is like genuine from Mexico. Corona. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Um, I've seen nothing at home this week because I've been very busy um, at cinema and watching Christmas stuff. Um, have you watched anything of interest at home this week? Um, I've not really, no. no. I've watched some more of Nurse Jackie. I'm still... Because I'm all... Oh, the dilemma with Nurse Jackie is um, it's on now TV. It's on the box sets, but it's only valid until... Oh, you told us before you only got to the end of January the end of December. End of December so, so it's like, oh, fucking taking time, Bob. And we're like... A season I have to go. Oh. Do you know what I mean? So it's like, oh shit. Yeah. So, so yeah. basically, festive period, all you have to do is watch Miss Jack. Watching the program about death and drugs and deceit and yeah, stuff like that. So, yeah. I was going to say Merry Christmas, what does? Yeah, um, so that, that's it. Other than that, because I'm moving house, I'm still. still moving house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I've not seen much out of the cinema either. Cool. Well, we have got a few films to talk about. A couple I've seen. Well, I've seen all of them. A couple I've, of I've seen, seen a couple. Yeah. yeah, so we can talk about them. So, what we'll do is one that I've seen. We're going to see tomorrow. Mm. Uh, it's called Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse. Yes. Um, written by Bob Crescetti, uh, Peter Ramsey, and Rodney Wadham. 
Um, they're all based on art directors, they've all worked um, on other, a lot of other stuff, like, like big animated films. Um, Is it only animation of have Yeah. Right. No, one of them, um, I think Rodney Perl, uh, Rothman, I think he, he wrote a few things that... Um, I think I'm trying to think now what he wrote. He wrote a few other films, like uh, yeah, live action. Yeah, but the main development has been in um, animation. The only one who's done anything I know was uh, Peter Ramsey. He directed Rise of the Guardians a couple of years ago. Is that the Christmas film? Yeah, yeah. I think yeah, like a lot. Really, really good film. So the this one essentially is Spider-Man, but it's all the Spider-Men. Yeah. So it takes place in a world where all the Spider-Man universes sort of collide and sort of come into being. Spider-Man from the movies, Spider-Man from the TV shows, Spider-Man from the comic books, all the different variations of different worlds of Spider-Man all come together um, to fight a common foe. In that sense, that's very basic of the plot. That's it. That's it, yeah. The, the centre's on... Particularly Mike, the, the Miles. Miles Morales yeah, character. He's, 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 he's a hub. He's yeah. all involved. It's the main world is set in his world and yeah. all the characters join into that world. Um, and then from there, um, you start to see all of how the characters all roll and get um, and that's basically it. And it just sort of, it's just, it's, it's, good. it's a really good Spider-Man comic book story, but just done in video animation um, and just bring it all alive. Um, so who's that? So you got Spider-Man. So you get Spider-Man. Spider-Ham. Well, first of all, you get Spider-Man in different variations. You get yes. Spider-Man played by Will Morales. That's played by Shami Moore, who you know from Dope. Yep. He's a main kid in Dope. Yep. Uh, who we loved a couple years ago. And um, Jake Johnson. You'll know him from, he's in Jurassic World, he's a tech guy who wears a Jurassic Park t-shirt. Yeah. Right, he's also in the New Girl, and he's in yeah. He plays the older Spider-Man, like Spider-Man who's like 35 and still doing it. Yeah. You've got Chris Pine. Yeah. He plays a Spider-Man essentially from our universe, the one who's done the movies and does... Who plays Spider-Man Noir? Something interesting. Spider-Man Noir is uh, Nick Cage. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you've also got Hayley Steinfeld, who was probably later on. She plays Gwen, uh, Spider-Gwen. You've got Lily Tomlin, she plays Aunt May. Oh. Interestingly, the only, the only person who's not won an Oscar to play Aunt May. I didn't know that. Because Rosemary Harris and Marissa Tomei have won both on Oscars. Yeah. Uh, you've also got uh, Lee Schreiber, he plays the Kingpin. Yeah. Good voice, like Lee Schreiber, he does. Working for it. Yeah, working for it. Um, and then you've also got Spider-Ham in it as well. You've got like a Japanese spider girl who like controls a robot with a telepathic spider. A lot of stuff going on in this yeah. film. Um, it is a film with genuinely few, if any, faults. It is probably the best iteration of Spider-Man comic book that I've seen on the big screen. Wow. It's absolutely fantastic. I absolutely love this film. Is it the best comic book film you've seen? It's pretty close to it. Yeah. I can't really think I made it enjoy as much as I enjoyed this. Because of a guy who's, I've read the Spider-Man comics since he's about yeah. 12, 13 years old, and there's stuff in this, like, like that Spider-Man Noir, which is a great character on, on, on page. Yeah. Spider-Ham's a great character on page as well, but the yeah. idea of putting it in a film is fucking retarded and yeah. stupid. You should never do that, but you do it in this, and it absolutely works. It's just it's so well done, it's so clever. It looks like a comic book brought to life. Yeah. And you can actually have the grain of the comics in it as well. You know, like something that's like, like pixelated. Yeah. So it actually looks like a comic book. The words appear on screen sometimes when he's talking to himself. You can see the kind of dialogue playing out. Um, hundreds of little sort of like Easter eggs and little moments in it. If you know the, if you know the film, if you know the comic books, you recognise little moments in it that just again bring it to life. So if you're a fan of the character itself, you'll love it. But because it does a thing where it grounds itself in the world of the movies at the very beginning, 
you understand it. So even Jill, who's not a fan of comic books, she could watch and start going, okay, right, so Spider-Man fought uh, Goblin, then he fought Doc Hawk, then he fought Mary Jane, then he fought Upside Down Kiss, then he had to do four, and at one point I did the dance, and we don't bump yeah. anymore. And then references enough stuff throughout the spider man for anyone, you know, you know where you are in the world. That's yeah. Um, it showed a great reference to all the incarnations. It doesn't belittle well, anything. The spider ham is so, it's so easy to belittle. Yeah. And you can totally mock it. And, right. it, and it's played so earnestly that it works so well. Um, Spider-Man Noir again, also great. Lee Schreiber is great as Kingpin. Um, best Spider-Man adaptation by far. Um, Pegs, Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man 2 was my favourite, uh, the Raimi one. Yeah. This is slightly ahead of it, my book. Wow. And probably my favourite animation of the year. Wow, like overall. Yeah, that's like Coco was out Coco's this year. Coco was out this year, yeah. That's, so, yeah. Um, um, that's boastful, something. It is, I know, Jerry. Yeah. I absolutely love this. Yeah, I'd love to see I'm going to go see it tomorrow morning. Yeah. And I'm excited because I really want to see it. So you're just waiting up there, so you're teasing me now. Yeah, no. Honestly, I've been I mean, in with high hopes because I've heard good people talk about it. People who, the people in my Twitter and my face and my Instagram are all sort of like. Um, like the creators. Creators, yeah, so yeah. they have to see, like, you think they're going to be they're big enough for a big people get invested in the best interest of selling more Spider Man comic books, yeah. obviously, that's what they want to do. But when you watch it, you go, no, this is every bit the same. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. I love it, and it doesn't happen a lot, but when a film does meet expectations, yeah. it's such a rare thing, but it's fucking lovely when it does happen. It really is, it's, it's fantastic. It's yeah. so full of heart, it's so, it's so funny as well. Yeah. It's drama, and it's also great. Um, the villains are good, and it doesn't. It doesn't over-engage with villains, it basically, Kingpin is maybe a little glimpse of Godfrey and your Goblin, but you don't get that much in it. It's mainly about Kingpin and his idea and his sort of plans. And it's, 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 I've heard it's got quite an emotional punch. Yeah, there, absolutely. In terms of Miles Morales, you really kind of, uh-huh. you're so invested in this yeah. development. Miles is a great character as well, yeah. he's not actually, this is the thing about Miles' character, I think, before Spider-Man, after Parker gets up the road. Miles doesn't come from a broken home. He's got a mum and dad. They yeah. both love him. They, they, they both look after him. They both care for him. They put him in a private school. They, you know, his the only difference with him is that he comes from a, he's, he's like a half African American, half Puerto Rican family. Yeah. Yeah. His dad is, is a mix of their cultures. Yeah. But he comes from a happy background. Whereas every other comic character you can possibly think of, they all come from some tragedy somewhere. Yeah. somewhere yeah. yeah. And so it's just really interesting character to do it. And also the other Jake Johnson is the oldest Spider-Man. There's so much sadness to him as well because of what's happened in his world. And his, in his world, the marriage with Mary Jane didn't work out, so he sort of basically yeah. a, a broken man after that. Yeah. Um, it's just a fantastic movie. Uh, if you get a chance to watch it, you see the big screen, because it's deserved to see the big screen. They dedicate at the very end to Stan Lee and Steve Ditko, which again gets you right in the, right in the heart. Um, and importantly, it's a post credits. Only, only the Stan Lee, Steve Ditko thing. That's it? That's it, yeah. Sure. And it just, it's a little bit on screen and that's all it is. Nothing Lovely to see you. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, sir. Even more so now. Yeah. Thank you. I am going to give it a, a bit of top mark. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. Wow. Like I genuinely loved it. Is this your? Is this your only first ten out of ten? Very clear one. Wow. Yeah. Fucking hell. So if we're looking at top ten next week, I think we can assume this will probably be on it. Yeah, this is on. Wow. You yeah. heard it first here. Yeah. A ten out of ten for Richard for a fucking animated movie. And it's about there you go. Yeah. Loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, and from that, we will move on to. Another comic book movie, 
from the other side of the Fingers competition established once called. Yeah, from DC. From yeah. DC, um, and that is Aquaman. Aquaman. Directed yep. by James Wan. Yep. Who directed Saw, mm -hmm. Insidious 1 and 2, Conjuring 1 and 2, and Fast and Furious 7. The one that shot at our work. Well, so did you want to start it? No, you think that James Lynn? Yeah, The plot of this film is Aquaman is set. Is it set after? Justice League. Yeah, they reference it. Yeah. They do, for yeah, yeah. But you do get a bit of flashback to the origin. Yeah. I think it kind of moves it. Can I, I think it's in a set time, but yeah, yeah. the reference is just a fiction. Yeah. So you have a bit of origin story about who Aquaman came to be. Yeah. But essentially, it's, 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 you know, it's Aquaman trying to come to terms with who he is yeah. and he's not taking his rightful place as the king of the, the sea. Yeah. Um, and internal family strife with his um, half brother who is trying to fight for the throne. Very much. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's quite simple. It is yeah. quite a linear, straight line plot. It doesn't go. Yeah. It's got a little bit of thorn in that respect because it's like it sort of has that half brother challenge for the throne. Yeah, and, you know, yeah, yeah fight, absolutely. You know, yeah. Trouble with the mother in the background and stuff like that. Yeah, lost father and all that kind of stuff. You know, things like that. Um, so that's that's a very basic plot. Um, in the film, with Jason Momoa, who is playing Aquaman or Arthur Curry. Arthur Curry. 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 <laughs> um, Amber Heard is playing Mira. Mira, yeah, right, right, right. Uh, you've got Patrick Wilson playing Ocean Master. Yeah. Yep. Uh, you've got Nicole Kidman playing Mrs. Mum. Mrs. Mum. Mum's mum. Willem Dafoe pops up in it as well. He does, yeah. yeah. I, I, thought, I, did, I, I knew he was in it, but I forgot he was in it yeah. until I seen it. I was like, oh, fuck, Dafoe's in it. Uh, Dolph Lundgren. Dolph Lundgren? Who I didn't realise was Dolph Lundgren until yeah. after it. I was like, who was Dolph Lundgren? I was like, but well, he has 100% more lines than this than he has in the whole of these two. And he probably does it better as well. Yeah. <laughs> um, we'll talk, I talked too much, so what, what do you think of this one? Um, I, I, I've really enjoyed it. Okay. Before, DC are trying so hard. Um, everything they kind of give you is really kind of po-faced and you know, storage. And there was kind of glimpses of humour last year with the Justice League they kind of tried and stuff like that and it felt out of place just yeah. to the yeah. I think what they've done is they've given to this guy James Wan and I think James Wan is for similar to what you're saying about Spider-Man is I, I want you to make a comic book movie yeah and the, the, there's a lot of scenes in it that you can imagine opening a page and boom there's a lot just, there's a lot of splash pages in this yeah absolutely yeah, um, and I think it was a really really good movie for it um, I was kind of Thinking to myself, where does it rate the DC movies so far? Yeah. And I think this is this is the best one so far. Disagree. I think it's better than Justice League, better than BVS. Yeah. Still Blue World Wonder Woman. I, I actually enjoyed it more than Wonder Woman. The reason why I put Blue Wonder Woman is because this film has no defining scene that I remember watching going, holy shit, that's amazing. Wonder Woman had that with the No Man's Land scene. There isn't that moment in this film. It's one or two that I go on, but I suppose that, that's subjective, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, totally. Um, some things that get you, some things that, um, I didn't have any moment from my back when I, I, I went, you know, but one of them did make go at one point, yeah. that, what was it, it got the heart uh, strings going. The things that I didn't enjoy so much about it, um, I, I usually I enjoy Patrick Wilson, and I think he's a good actor. I, ju I just didn't get, you know what I mean, it's, every time he went to battle, he just became a yog. Oh, and also, it's like, discriminated on him. Like, uh, what? Why? It felt like the film was too big for him. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I think possibly. It's, it's almost like you watch Stupidly Bring It Back to Christmas, and you watch Jingle All the Way, and Sinbad is the bad guy up against Arnie. You're going, 
really. But I think Patrick's trying to go by going. He is not trying to go by going. just, but it's that, that kind of cheering shit he keeps doing. I'm like, don't fucking.
filtered at times. It feels scripted at times. Yeah. yeah does it feel any free flow yeah. or any sort of like, you know, that kind of stuff? And for all I know, that every single line in that was um, improvised. I actually think quite a lot was, but it doesn't feel like it. Uh, Whereas every single line I think is improvised at Garland Yards, it might be stripped down to the letter. I don't know. It depends on who's playing the role, and I felt that he didn't. He didn't really have a lot of fun between them. It felt very disjointed at times. Do you, do you think it felt like times like for Ragnarok in terms yeah. of colours and oh. brightness and you know, almost as human as well times the music even and stuff like that. They're trying to go for a kind of for Ragnarok Guns of the Galaxy yeah. kind of myth, trying to yeah. get that kind of thing Definitely. into it. Um, it did feel kind of disjointed at the time I thought. It felt like they had a slightly longer film that kind of cut up a yeah. bit, there's a lot of it missed out. Yeah. Um, things came together too quickly. And then other things took way too long to get like it took a long time I thought it took a long time to get going. Like it really, it didn't really sort of get, but the whole political thing with them in there, sort of doing the. Ah, it was a good 15 minute minutes in before, you know, shit got real. Yeah, before you know it, they're talking from like Sahara to Italy, to, and then they're often they're moving at rapid pace, so it felt better. Um, I, I like all this, it's like somewhere in the rough sea, you're like, just in the rough sea, yeah, 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 who cares where it is? Uh-huh. If it's somewhere, then. Somewhere in the Atlantic. If you put somewhere, it has to be somewhere. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that was kind of, I don't know what it was done with a kind of tongue in cheek. Yeah. I don't know, but I was kind of like scratched my head, like, yeah, obviously. I thought it was kind of under, like, I thought the phone was underused. I thought, if you didn't really have one on the phone on the screen, use them properly. Don't he was one of the best things, I don't know, when but, he was in it. Uh-huh. Was, yeah. But most of the time, all he's just doing is raising an eyebrow and just kind of going, yeah. Like, yeah. Like, well, the phone, use it. The training scenes went right. They gave me that kind of Highlander uh-huh. training yeah. scenes that we had Connery and, and Lambert almost had that about him. I really enjoyed that. that. Yeah. 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 Um, Nicole Kidman is also it didn't really have enough to do in it. He felt very underused well. It felt like a big, if you could get a big actor to play that role, maybe use him. owned it in a bit of as well. This is not a spoiler at all, but right, see at the start when, when she washes up and he carries her home uh-huh. and they, they fall in love, right? He's quite tall. Uh-huh. She's a tall girl, he was taller than her. And then at the very end when they kiss, he's like tiny. He's shrunk and he thinks. understand what they're trying to do Possibly. or has it just been a, a lucky shot I end? think it's maybe given a bit more free reign to the director um, I was pleased this did not end with a true giant um, CGI thing beating each other up that was nice yeah that was nice um, but it feels like DC they're still trying to grasp what they're trying to do and this is still for me way below any Marvel film even Marvel even thought that one really I'd rather watch wow. that one um, it's very standalone as well. It is, but it's not a bad thing. Yeah, I yeah. like film mode. Yeah. Are you? I'm like, are you excited about this? Because you think if this does okay, you might get a Savannah. So yeah, that, that you're trying to put your hopes on now. Oh, well, I might start a campaign. You never yeah. know. Um, no, I, I generally did enjoy it. Like, cause I think Aquaman on paper is a ridiculous character. Yeah. He's, he's kind of locked in within. Know, yeah, and, yeah. and I think the, 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 the director's just kind of, you know, he's got a good grasp of who the character is, and he's got to know what I'm going to have fun, and he kind of went out with him. 
Everton is best way for Sean Carey for me to get down in it. Out of ten? Out of ten, I would give it seven and a half. I'll give it six and a half. Kenny. Six and a half. Which is, I think, like I said, I, I went in with low expectations. Yeah. So six and a half is, I think, is solid enough. It's decent, enjoyable. Interestingly, what was your cinema screen like? Was it busy?
Christmas time tend to show people that a funeral maybe doesn't have the faith in it because they know people are busy elsewhere. So Aquaman releasing now I thought was an interesting choice because Travis Knight seems to he ignores the big bombastic elements of it. 
and really strips it down to the very simple idea of a girl with a friend and a cup who happens to be a butt. It's a really exhausting a girl to help someone. It's ET. It's ET. Essentially, it is. It's helping him out to try and understand who he is and she's suffering from trauma as well. He's a robot and stuff like that. That's basically it. The action does. There is action in the film, but it's definitely a lesser. Sort of like level than the ones that have been painted. It's not as big a scale. It seems much smaller. Well, just it's not all that simple. No. I thought it was going to be, you know, here we go alongside fucking robot painting oh. all the time. And no, it was really scaled back as well and done. It seems like focusing very much on the yeah, yeah, big kind of battle at the start where the ball becomes yeah. there. And after that, the next hour or so, it's pretty much just her and Bumblebee. Sort of bonding and get to know each other, her trying to deal with like something she can do a trauma as well, yeah. and so I try to deal with that as well. And Bumblebee sort of like making her realize who she is as well. A couple of kind of moments of like not action, but like sort of like comedy moments yeah. and things get destroyed. Like, I mean, it's not it's not action, action, it's definitely not blowing shit up for the sake of blowing shit up. Um, and, and I think that's what made this film a much more interesting. The I thought the best parts of the first Transformers film was the stuff that was like Bumblebee with. Sam, yeah. when he's like sort of with and this is this takes that and uh-huh. makes the movie like yeah, yeah. Written, written the first one where they're all trying to hide in the house and the mum's like, and they're all trying to like yeah. that is the end of this film it? it's got all that kind of stuff in it um, also it's got, it's got Bon Jovi on the soundtrack yes which the I soundtrack like. was decent you, I, thought, I thought you'd like the soundtrack yeah good the soundtrack yeah good soundtrack when did you last year run away in a, in a movie yeah. it's yeah. been a long time yeah, yeah. and there is no bad film with Bon Jovi on the soundtrack <laughs> What I really like was um, they've redesigned the look of the Transformers and they're a lot more, the lines are a lot more pleasing now. I think when they make the way Transformers, they jagged. it was all jagged, cogs and wheels and complicated and clunky and the transformation scenes were kind of, you know, ah. up. Whereas for this, you know, it's, it's Bumblebee, he's just stocky, he's solid, he's oh. chunky, do you know what I mean? He's just well designed and when they transform it, at times it's like snap, like a finger, oh. which is how it is the kind of, yeah. that's what Transformers are, I like that element a lot. I think the smart idea of this one as well was to not have, I think there's essentially three characters in it. Transformer wise? Oh. Oh, his sound wave and shock wave and ravage in there, I was fucking in heaven. So they in it? Yeah. Very briefly. Yes, you weren't in for much, but no. yes, they were in it. I think yeah. Yeah. the opening, the opening is a battle on Cybertron. Yeah. You, see, you see everybody there. Yeah. Then after that, you trip it down to Bumblebee, and then the two Decepticons. Yeah. So yeah. you keep it quite simple. And also, yeah. they, do quite, they do well, which is they make Bumblebee yellow, which they should be. One of the bad guys is red, or one is blue. So or it's a plane, a helicopter, and a car. Oh. So there's always this. Yeah. Clear definition of who each who is. So when yeah. they're fighting and it's like you know who who's in charge. Yeah. The biggest problem I had with the other ones was when it's, they start fighting. I'm like, I got no fucking. It just became it's fine. Yeah, it's just it's just metal hitting metal. Yeah, this was so much different from that. Um, so yeah, I, I again, like, I was surprised how much I liked it. It does have problems. It totally fucks the timeline. If it is, if, it, if it's trying after, to, yeah, yeah. If there is, I'm going to look at this up later on. I've seen it and see because I don't know. But yeah, if, if there is a timeline, it has. Take it. Yeah, there is stuff that doesn't work in it entirely. You know, it's, it's really a bit. Again, a little bit disjointed. Yeah. They've cut a lot of stuff out. I feel like John Cena's role got pulled out, which is not a bad thing. I can't John Cena act. a good can, can he act? No. Can he act? John Cena is in that level of a much like Jason Momoa. Yeah. He's, he's not well, an actor. He was in it far too much. I think if he was in it, a lot less, he might have been a bit more successful. But 
just too much time for him and he's not a good enough actor to command that much screen time, I think. I, I, I'm with you, I think, I think, the, I think the, the, when the, the film for me sort of sunk away a little bit is when they went through, let's say, I had worries at start when it started out in Cybertron, I'm like, oh god, this seems like going to go and all, we're going to be an all Transformers film. When it sunk, a couple of times it cut back to sort of just Transformers and they're, and they're talking or doing yeah. something, that's when I lost interest. The, the, the heart and the crux of this film, when it actually works the best, and when it's Bumblebee and Charlie, Charlie, Charlie yeah. on screen together, that's the, that's the point where the film works so well. And that's, I mean, as soon as they were on screen, it worked really good. I got a little bit emotional at the end. It was, like, it was, it was, it was touched, it touched it was really touching. Yeah, it was really sweet. Yeah. I'm totally with you. I really, I really enjoyed it. And, yeah. it and it had, Kubo has that as well. And Travis makes it to brought that. He knows how to do the emotion, which I think is an important part. Because also, if you don't have the emotion, all it is is big cars hitting big cars. Yeah. And it's dumb, it's stupid. Yeah. You've got to try and bring something else into it. And they, so, what next then? So, are they going to make another character movie like Optimus Prime? Or are they going to do. I, mean, I don't know. I don't understand where this fits yeah. into. I mean, I'm personally not Optimus Prime. And I think Optimus Prime is not an interesting enough character for it. Bumblebee's got. He's got character. Oftentimes, almost a little bit too earnest and a, bit, a little bit too straight back to be interesting. In the same way, I thought Captain America could have done something with him. Somebody could do something like that. But to me, Oftentimes, he's too, too like goody two shoes to be, to be interesting in the character. He's probably a little bit, he's a bit kind of funky. I liked how he, he had character as well, but he was kind of cute with his wee legs when he'd sit down. Uh -huh. ハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハハ
Twitter at ThreeBeersAndAMovie.com. I've been Colin McKay, you've been... Richard and, and Merry Christmas. Been, and Merry Christmas, and we've been... Three Beers and a Movie.